Podcaster's Guide to the Conspiracy, brought to you today by Josh Edison and Dr. Im Dinter. Hello and welcome to the Podcaster's Guide to the Conspiracy. I am Josh Edison, sitting next to me, Dr. Im Dentith. No, no hooch? Ahoy there! The reason why there's no hooch, Joshua, do you know what day it is today? Uh, Ash Wednesday? It's International Todd Like a Pirate's Day. Is it? And pirates drink. Rum. Alas, the host today is rum. If it's International Talk Like a Pirate Day, then it's also International Suffrage Day, and I haven't heard anyone talking about that. Seems a little strange. I believe Suffrage Day is tomorrow in our terms. What's International Pirate Day? Talk Like a Pirate Day today. Don't make me explain Talk Like a Pirate Day. You have to make your eyes move a lot to be a pirate. I thought it was September 19th, either way. Anyway, yes, it is It is International Talk. I, I didn't actually know they were still doing that, to be honest, but I was aware it's of the concept. It's in me calendar. Oh, well, also, have you seen me missing Marst? Yes. It's missing. Apparently not anymore. No. Uh, anyway, right, so enough pirate-related content. We, I mean, we you did... say it's the September the 19th. What is the date today, Joshua? September the 19th. But I thought Suffrage Day was also September the 19th. Well, maybe it is. Mm. But do you know what comes before suffrage? Ruffage? A lot of sexism. Mm. And what are pirates? Not yeah. very sexist, because, you know, pirates were the democracy of the sea, and there are lots of lady pirates. <laughs> I'm very licentious doing that. You did a little bit. There lady a, pirates. The, the podcast listeners can't tell, but there was a lot of eyebrow waggling going on just then, and quite frankly, I don't approve. Just rein that in, young fellow. Darn. You wee scrubber but I mean, really, thingy. Have you seen me missing most? No, I haven't, because it doesn't exist, because you don't have a ship, because you're not a pirate. Duh. Yes, exactly. Now, uh, this episode, we're kind of doing the same thing we did last week, as it turns out. We're revisiting an old topic, but with new stuff. Um, but it's a result of a result of uh, viewer email, Eric. Yes, Thank so you, Eric. this isn't actually a case of us repeating content because we've run out of content. Mm. This was because we had someone who emailed into the show and said, Have you, t- uh, you haven't talked about X, Y, or Z? And he goes, Well, actually, we did. But a it was long back, time back ago. Back around about episode 14. Mm, indeed, all the way back to episode 5 for some of it. Wow. I mean, mm. that's, that's five years ago. That's a long time ago. So, quite frankly, we're justified in bringing it up again, I think. We also had a theological correction from Rachel about the. The nature of the sacrifice that Cain and Abel engaged in in Genesis, and my contention that maybe God hates vegetarians because Cain only offered vegetables. Apparently, it's not the case. It's because Cain didn't offer his best vegetables. Right. Well, always offer your best vegetables. I think that's good advice for life. We also we forgot last week to say that the week before last, when we were talking about America Unearthed, and there was an episode involving Valerie Plain, and neither of us could actually remember who she was and hadn't bothered to read. Search it beforehand. So very quickly Googled and got something wrong. And got it wrong. completely wrong. And so that was a comment on the YouTube channel, I think, put us right on that. Darr, that's Something like that. Anyway, I could sum it up, but I'd just get it wrong again. So quite frankly, we were completely wrong about who exactly what it was Valerie Plain did. So look her up on Wikipedia is all I can say. Also, you know what I'm going to ask? Is it the whereabouts of your mizzen mast? I don't need it. I, I will tell you where your mizzen mast is if you can tell me what a mizzen mast is. It's a little thing the very, at the very front, 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 front of the ship. Isn't that a spar or a... You don't uh, even know, do you? I, I did know. I used to. I can't remember. I know which one the poop deck is, though. 
It's the little one up the back that's over the We don't talk the about deck. the poop deck on the podcast. It's going Fine. to be conspiracy. We'll depart the poop deck and, and, and set sail for the seas of uh, musical conspiracy theory. No, we won't, because we haven't found members in Mars, but we'll try anyway. Yep. You can do this all episode. I once ran an entire meeting using a pirate voice on Talk Like a Pirate Day. I can do this forever. Well, I'm sure this won't be interminable. Uh, let's get on with it. Arr. I would like to point out before we start, I actually don't think I like rum particularly much. No, I don't like no. it at all. Yeah, but you don't drink. Well, no, not because I don't like it. Well, fair enough. I mean, mm. that does follow. Um, speaking of terrible voices, though, the sound quality may be a bit lower again because we're still relying on backup equipment. Yeah, the laptop is still dead and may not even be back in working service by this time next week. It could be a little bit dicey as to whether I get it back by next Thursday. Mm. And it's going to be an expensive fix. It's an expensive laptop and it's broken in the most expensive way possible. Just like you. Yes, I am broken the most mm. expensive way possible. That's why I'm drinking rum. Um, so there's, there, there's some sort of cruel irony, perhaps, in that we're doing an episode all about the world of music and yet recording it on dodgier sound equipment than normal, but we'll just have to soldier through. So, as we said, we've got some old stuff, we've got some new stuff, we've got a lot of stuff. Actually, I'll be surprised if we can get through this in the time normally allotted to us. Which so is why we will focus on the new stuff. I think we and will. Go into the old yep. stuff if time allows. So we have, we kind of have I three... Think we should say, we're doing musical conspiracy theories. Yes. We're doing I'm conspiracy pretty, pretty theories sure. about music. The world of music, musicians. Conspiracy theories. They're on. Yeah. Mm. Uh, which seem to come in about three three flavours here. We've got music, prominent musicians who are conspiracy theorists. We've got the, the old raft of uh, dead musicians. And Strawberry Cream. Uh, no, and also uh, issues to do with plagiarism, which, which often invoke uh, conspiracies and who's doing what secretly and so on and so I'm forth. I'm sure it was strawberry cream. No, well, you're dead wrong. Uh, Is it Lace? No, so to, to make up for your ignorance, tell hey, me about you. tell me about Megadeth. <laughs> well, you started drinking before this episode, didn't you? No, I did that not. bottle of rum. The, was... rum. the rum apparently goes through me in a way that whiskey mm. never has. I'm also, those of you watching the video, I'm now trapped in cables. Yes. Up. Uh, you may well be aware of the band Metallica, and you may well be aware that one of its prominent members from the original lineup, Dave Mustaine, ended up forming the band Megadeth. And Megadeth is one of those heavy metal staples, uh, very famous for its iconography and art and the like during the 80s. But what's interesting about Dave Mustaine, uh, who engaged in some albums with rather graphic and violent covers, he converted to Christianity of the Jack Chick variety. So for those of you who don't remember who Jack Chick is, rather, rather fundamentalist Pentecostal mm. style Christianity that hates homosexuals. Publish those amusing little booklets. Well, amusing and I say amusing. Of, yeah, yeah. disturbing little booklets which are amusing from a kind of distance from and detached, they to people yeah. who actually believe them. Mm. So the kind of Christianity that is very, very intolerant in a way which maybe makes you think that the kind of Jesus Christ described in the New Testament, particularly in the Gospels, probably wouldn't appreciate that form of Christianity. Because no, they're the kind of Christians who don't like prostitutes. And whether or not you think the whole story about Mary Magdalene is about a prostitute being rehabil rehabilitated by the Christian Messiah, uh, or just simply a 
tale of women's empowerment with a prominent female figure being in the gospel stories, Death Massain is not the kind of person who would tolerate that kind of liberal nonsense. Damn hippies. But he's also a really, really big fan of Alex Jones. Mm. And also best friend to Charlie Sheen, but that's kind of by the by. So yeah, Dave Mustaine released an album in 2009 called Endgame. And Endgame is named after a 2011 documentary by Alex Jones, which detailed the blueprint for global enslavement. And the album, apparently, based upon the documentary, is all about people being run by the people who have money. Is that a coded anti-Semitism thing, or just general anti-establishment? Do you think that Alex Jones is a crypto-anti-Semite? Yes. Then do you think that someone who based a documentary, sorry, based an album based on a documentary by Alex Jones might also share that kind of crypto anti-Semitic beliefs? I would not be staggered with disbelief were that I'd to be say, the case. I'd say, I'd say it's quite probable. Mm, mm. So he's an Alex Jones-style conspiracy theorist. Um, has, that, has that resulted in anything... It's mostly tangible. resulted in a, an album based upon an Alex Jones documentary. I have a quote here from an interview when he was being asked about it. Uh, I'll put it in my best Dave Mustaine voice. Is the Dave Mustaine voice a pirate voice? <laughs> yes, yes it is. Right. Well, me as a Christian, I believe it's a one world government, one world currency. It's part of me belief, and I said so in Megadeth's classic song, Holy Wars, is that it's part of the master plan. It's what I believe. I ascribed to that when I became a Christian. I know that there's going to be a cataclysmic ramping up of all the things we're seeing right now, and it gets worse, and it gets worse, and it gets worse. Now I've been sound like a Belfast, a Belfast mm. detective. Darn, there's been a murder. We're watching our country disintegrate right now, and it's scary. You know, when I started thinking that I'm going to be moving with Megadeth's Canadian-born drummer Sean Drover back up to Canada, that's scary. And that's what Endgame's all about. It's about educating our fans and showing them a little bit about what's going on within the previous administration. And if things haven't changed at all, it's just more people being run by the people who have the money. Who may or may not be the Jews. So Sorry, you, what, I did begin to sound like a Northern Irish politician or possibly, by that particular point. Or, I, or possibly tag it Northern Scottish, I don't know. There's been a murder. Yep. Uh, so he's one of those Americans who wanted to flee Canada, flee to Canada from the threat of enroaching socialism, now, not realising that Canada now, is considerably... Yeah. So either he doesn't know where Canada is, or he gave up because he actually lives in Tennessee which seems to be in the kind of opposite direction mm. of fleeing to Canada. Yep. But yes, he is one of those people who doesn't seem to realise that other countries are immensely more socialist than the US. Mm. So we're going to flee the socialistic dictatorship of Obamaism by fleeing to Canada. Where they have... Socialised healthcare. Yeah. Uh, and apparently he says he's not a birther, he just doesn't believe Obama was born in America. Yes, because when he was challenged, you're a birther, I don't know what that term means. I just think that there are serious questions that need to be asked about Obama's birth certificate. Right, so, Dave Mustaine, quirky fellow. Tom DeLonge, though, he's, his name has come up before in this podcast. Yes, but not when we talked about musical conspiracy no, theory. So, Tom DeLonge, who... Of Blink-182. Yeah. Oh, you all know that, obviously, being big fans of early 2000s pop-punk stuff was it all the something? small things small things all the small things yeah so tom tom delong is 
really, really, really into UFOs. So I mean really UFOs. into UFOs, to the point where it's kind of his career now. So he runs this thing called To The Stars Academy. Uh, and we've covered that in mm -hmm. the past when we talked about Luis is Islando of the AATIP, which was apparently a group running out of the US Air Force looking into UAP, UFO style related shenanigans. And there's actually been an update just today, this week, yeah. Today about Tom DeLong and To the Stars Academy because To the Stars Academy may have proved the existence of UFOs. Well, well they, I, I'm using the term UFO there quite deliberately. Right, not UAPs. Well, that is, I'm, but I'm, I, I'm not using the word alien flying Indeed, saucer, yes. that's what I'm saying. Yeah, there's actually three words. The two of the stars also, academy. Have you seen me mizzenmast? I've not. Uh, could have been abducted by aliens. Who knows? My mizzenmast has been yeah. abducted by aliens. Yeah, it's sort it's of thing. Get really do. hard yeah. to get back. Uh, no, the two of the stars academy posted three videos called FLIR One Gimbal and Go Fast for some reason, uh, which I assume are the ones that have been talked about in the in the past. There was there's that one in particular of a, from a shot from a fighter plane's camera showing this weird yeah. object zipping around. Um, yeah, videos they date from between 2004 and 2005. 15. Um, and basically, the Navy has said, yes, they're genuine. Now, that doesn't mean, yes, we the Navy believes in, in the existence of alien life forms. The Navy, it's just, yes, this is footage that did indeed come from Navy fighter jets. Of un unidentified flying objects. Mm. So, which have been described as oval-shaped, with no obvious wings or tail, nor visible exhausts. Mm. Although were those not the ones where people said that possibly it's just to do with, with the way you, the camera's not at all steady and camera movement is mistaken? Oh, yes, yes. Movement but it is, I mean, it's one of those things where because you have trained pilots and people who are trained to look at footage, going, we don't know what's in the mm. footage. It is one of those situations where it may look like nothing to us, but it does look like something interesting to the experts who are going, we just don't know what that is. And that's kind of interesting. Mm. Yeah, so there we go. Uh, Dave Mustaine, Tom DeLong, like them some conspiracy theories of, of fairly different varieties. They do there. indeed. So... We've got we've got the celebrity deaths now, but I think they are all things we have talked about. Should we do a bit of plagiarism? Because I don't know if that I know, we've talked about plagiarism in a literary context and conspiracy theories thereof. Don't know if we've done it for music, have we? So you're saying we should move away from highly speculative conspiracy theories about in games about the new world order or the existence of alien life. Go for something real, man. Yes. Do you approve? Have you seen my mizzen mast? Yes. Good. Um, yeah, so there, there, there are lots and lots of cases in the past of people plagiarizing music or, or, or accusing others of having plagiarized their music, and it can be quite difficult, um, as possibly even more so than with literature, because music kind of operates on, on set rules, sort of. There, and also, there are, there are kind of recognizable elements mm. of music which can be remarkably short in a way that a short piece of prose wouldn't be taken to be copying. So a musical sting can be three mm. or four notes, but be so unique and placed in a particular way in a song, you go, you've taken that from elsewhere. Mm. Whilst using even five of the same words in sequence, well, that's actually, that's just coincidence. Mm. There are only a limited number of ways to describe igneous rocks when you want to describe them erotically. Yes. 
Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of the mashup genre. I like me some uh, so clever the mashups. The mash. Mm. And I do find it, I find it quite interesting the way you can get two songs that on the surface sound quite different, but then you realize actually they have the same chord progression and, and timing and can actually be laid over top of each other and it, and it doesn't sound strange. Is there a brilliant Scissor Sisters mashup out, album out there, which is just unbelievably good? The one that gets me is um, In the End by Linkin Park goes perfectly over top of All Star by Smash Mouth. It's, seem, it's frighteningly seamless, given that the two songs are so different sounding, but same time signature, same chord progression. So, I mean, and then of course, and that's on top of the fact that, you know, some people literally sample parts of songs and some people cover songs and some people remix songs and there's all sorts of stuff there. So it and does get it's all quite part fishy. of a, a long history of up until at least the beginning of the 20th century and the advent of the recording of music. It was quite customary to perform other people's mm. songs and modify other people's songs. But the existence of music copyright suddenly made something which was basically the commons kind of disappear. Mm. So, I mean, more some, some recent examples um, that I was aware of. Uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers' Danny California. People commented, that sounds an awful lot like Mary Jane's Last Dance by uh, was it Tom Petty. Um, and they sort of said, well, it kind of is, but as some people pointed out, the chord progression is like, I can't remember exactly, it's sort of, you know, C, D, A, C or something, as but, but, but Danny California is C, D, A minor C, or so there, there's, there's a difference in a, in a minor key in one of the chords in the chord progression or something, people are like, yeah, whatever, live with it. The very first time I heard Dawn This Way by Lady Gaga, I was sitting there going, this is a Madonna song, isn't it? Uh, 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 it's Express Yourself. This is bloody Express Yourself by Madonna. And I was not the only person to think that. And Lady Gaga's reaction was, only so many chord progressions, dude. It's, you know, yeah, it sounds similar, but just deal with it. Uh, but things changed a little bit in 2015. They did indeed. Uh... The old blurred lines, blurred rather lines. blurred the lines about copyright. It sure did. Nice segue there, I have to say. Um, yeah, I mean, blurred lines, a lot of people did not like blurred lines, given that it was kind of rape culture, the musical. Yeah. Um, and so so a lot of people were quite happy when they got taken, to, uh, when Robin Thicke and Pharrell Williams got taken to court by the family of Marvin Gaye for ripping off Marvin Gaye. Um, what was interesting about this particular case is that they weren't accusing them of ripping off any one particular song. It was more just sort of about the feel of, of Marvin Gaye in general. Um, and it went through a couple of appeals, and eventually the ruling uh, Marvin Gaye's family was awarded $7.4 million US for copyright infringement. The ruling went against Robin Thicke. And a lot of people were like, ha ha, Robin Thicke, that'll teach you for doing stupid sexist song. A lot of musicians were like, this is kind of a worrying precedent because now we've said that in the past people would say, yeah, these songs sound similar, deal with it. What by taking one song and showing matches between sections of one song and sections of another song, as opposed to saying, this song sounds like this it's the genre same over here. And though it's, you know, people, and they said, oh, yes, it is very Marvin Gaye. She has the same sort of instruments, and that's what Pharrell Williams does. It's kind of a pastiche. It's sort of a mixture of all of his style. But, yeah, and so, so ever since then, now that has been, there's a court ruling saying if your song sounds a bit like someone else's song, you can get done for copyright infringement. Artists are a lot more um, circumspect. So 
more recently. Now, the, the one that got me was um, Stay With Me by Sam Smith, which a lot of people said sounded like I Won't Back Down by, again, Tom Petty, I think. Uh, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Um, now that was an interesting case. They settled out of court. They did come to a settlement, and Tom Petty got co-writing credits on um, Stay With Me. But Tom Petty himself actually said, I don't think he plagiarized me. There's only so many chord progressions. But yes, it does you know, so happen that he chose one that sounded exactly like our song, and so they still went with it. Um, the other one... Uh, Ed, um, Ed Sheeran's Shape of You, because the, the bit where it goes, and uh, grab on my waist and put that body on me. People said that sounds like no scrubs, where he says, Scrub is a guy who get nothing from me. It was like a very short bit of it sounded exactly like another bit of another song, and that was enough that they settled and they got co writing credits. Taylor Swift, when she put out Look What You Made Me Do, and people said, Look, look what you made me do, sounds a lot like I'm too sexy for my shirt, and so she just straight away gave Right Said Fred co writing credits for that song. It's now become the thing. See, the secret to getting Josh to sing on the podcast is to make him talk about musical genres. Yes. Um, so yeah, so, so the conspiracies go around and it's, it's, I guess it's got even more murky now when you can say what's what. I think... Well, I suppose I mean, we should emphasize that the conspiracy angle here is people deliberately copying the song. Yeah, and saying and that they didn't. covering up the fact. Mm. Oh no, it's just a coincidence. Just a coincidence. It's not real. It's not, I wasn't copying. It's just only so many chord progressions out there. Unlike, of course, an earlier one, of course, good old Ice Ice Baby, Vanilla Ice, which quite quite blatantly sampled the bass line of Under Pressure by Queen and David Bowie, but added one line, one, one note on the end that goes dun 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 dun. Six, six wonder lines. And apparently, to begin with, Vanilla Ice tried to say that he hadn't sampled it and it was entirely original, and basically was just got told, what the hell are you talking about? Jesus Christ, man, you're ripping off Queen and David Bowie. How would you think no one would notice that? And so he did actually... Well, when you're going to rip things off, you have, to go, you have to go big because mm. people are less likely to believe you'd gone big. But So that was a case of a person actually ripping something off and then trying to pretend that he had not and then getting found out. But it's, yeah, it's easy to make sort of conspiratorial-type claims. Um, hard to back them up, but due to recent developments, that kind of doesn't matter so much anymore. Yes, and I mean, there's been a long history of people being accused of ripping off, ripping off another song and then going, but I didn't. So Elastica was accused by Suede of stealing the beginning of a song. Elastica's response was, I mean, we've heard Suede, so we may have been influenced mm. by them. But we didn't deliberately set out to copy that beginning. It just turned out that was the best way to start the song. And yes, it does sound like something we've probably heard. Mm. So yes, it's a much a much greyer area. But um, nevertheless, if we're going to talk about music and conspiracy theories, that's where you'll find a bunch. But um, but I think we've we've put it put it off enough. Let's get back to the fun stuff. We've covered the fun stuff before because it was the fun stuff. But. Um, now I think we really need to get into it, which yep, is to do we with... We need to sort out the West-East Coast rapper situation. We do, Well, should we start with that? I think so. Okay, so obviously, Tupac and Biggie. If you're talking about celebrity deaths and, that have conspiracy theories around them, the deaths of Tupac Shakur and Christopher Wallace, a.k.a. the Notorious B.I.G. <clears throat> now, Josh, uh, where do you sit on the East-West Coast divide? I prefer my Tupac to my Biggie, but I have no strong feelings either way. Interesting. Mm. Interesting. Mm. So... 
Who killed Tupac Shakur, you Tupac lover? Well, indeed. So that's uh, the official, uh, officially his murder remains unsolved. He was killed in a drive-by shooting in uh, September of 1996. Now, some people don't think he's dead. Well, yeah, that's the other one. We've, this has also come up in this podcast. Some people claim that they've seen photographs of a person who looks exactly like what they think Tupac Shakur or would look like now. Or people have seen music videos where he's wearing Nikes that weren't released by the time he died. Mm. So he also had an amazing there. career post-death. Oh, yes, yeah. Amazing. No, I don't think any artist has released so many music videos post-death as Tupac Shakur. Mm. Which, which gave rise to some of these uh, some of the conspiracy theories around his, dead. There is, uh, around his death. There are some people who think that Tupac and Biggie were basically worth more to their label dead than alive. They had enough of a back catalogue of things that could be put out, and his death would sort of give the publicity boost, and so that's why they conspired to kill him. Some people think... Um, some people think he was killed by um, Suge Knight, the, the owner of his the music label that he was signed to, uh, because Tupac Shakur was going to leave the label. Um, some people think that uh, both Tupac and Biggie's music labels got together to organise both of their deaths to, to, to hype up the East Coast rivalry and again make bigger, bigger and better um, record sales and so on. In both cases, though, um, the, they're open cases. The police have not officially said who. Um, there was a, a big investigation by the Los Angeles Times in 2002, which put forward the theory that Tupac had been killed by the Southside Crips gang, because, who he'd, he'd, he'd um, got into trouble with uh, shortly beforehand. Um, there was a documentary, and I'm pretty sure we mentioned this at the time as well, in 2017, Tupac assassination battle for Compton, which made the I don't claim think we could have mentioned this in 2017 because we recorded it pre 2017. Did we? Well, this is episode 14. No, no, this is this is this is much later. This was an update that we that came up um, many years after that. Have you seen my mizzen mask? I have not. Uh, no, there was one document that said that um, Suge Knight himself was actually the target of the assassination attempt, and they they got Tupac instead, uh, Mr. Knight, who. Um, has had uh, had to that point refused to say anything about it. Apparently, came forward and said, "Yeah, that's what he thinks happens happened." But still, it's all very much up in the air. And of course, and, and, uh, and that's well, it's kind of implied. And you probably know this already. But the other thing to state is, of course, that when Tupac Shakur was killed late September 1996, Biggie's killed six months later, early 1997. The immediate assumption was that his killing was a reprisal, the, the whole East Coast West Coast thing, a reprisal for Tupac's death in the first place. So there are there are a whole bunch of conspiracy theories going around that one. But uh, to date. Nothing has been uh, well, decided upon. Although does keep putting his foot in it. Well, he's uh, an intro... Shug short for Sugar Bear, which I assume was an ironic nickname because he does not appear to be in any way cuddly. Or made of sugar. Or made of sugar, no. Or, or an actual bear. He's a human being, people. It's not a bear at all. The, the rap scene is filled mm. with false ad, false. Dr. Dre, he's not a doctor. Isn't he? No. Then why did I let him remove my kidney? That's between you and he, but... Anyway, so so that's yeah, that's, did, that's the big one. I did wonder about the scars, but you know, this all was fashionable. Um, so we first talked about Tupac and Biggie in episode fourteen, as you say, uh, with a few other updates in the in the intervening years. Episode fourteen, we also talked about um, Paul McCartney. Now, that's this is a classic. This is this has been around since when, the when did, old um, Abbey Road cover where the Beatles are walking across the road at Abbey Road. Is that sixties, early seventies? When did Abbey Road come out? Before my time, anyway. 
before anyone's mm, born. Anyone. Uh, so I'm just thinking of a completely different pop, pop, different podcast that made a very good joke about Dan, Daniel Craig recently. Uh, I should probably, and now that I'm talking about it, I should probably just say what just, the joke just, is. Mm. Um, so, Barshins, which is the Stuart Ashens, Barry Lewis podcast, they did a thing about Ian Fleming recently, and they made a joke about how Daniel Craig's been playing James Bond now for about 42 years, or at least it, it, it feels that way, because that's before Ian Fleming was even writing James Bond, case of Daniel Craig is pre-James Bond. Yes, before before Ian Fleming was born, Daniel Craig was James Bond. Pre-sperm James Bond. Pre-sperm James Bond is a good line. I'll, yeah. gr- I'll grant you that. But but Paul McCartney is what we had to talk about. Is he dead? Answer the question. I wish he were, mm. because frankly, what he's produced post the post I would say post the Beatles post Wings has been pretty awful. I mean, this is the person who came up with not only the Frog Chorus, but that really, really dreadful music video for the video game Destiny. Didn't see it. After this podcast, I will show you that. I will not And your life will be ruined for... Well, it'll be more ruined than it is now. So why do people think he's dead? Because the cover of Abbey Road shows him without shoes, and apparently that's evidence that that showed he had passed on by that particular point in time. Other reason why people think he's dead is the dramatic change in output from the Beatles and post the Beatles, which is in part due to the fact of the breakdown of the relationship between Paul McCartney and John Lennon. So they were collaborative partners, and it's quite obvious given their subsequent output that they were much reduced by not working together because John Lennon's career post the Beatles is awful. I will fight you if you say Imagine is a good is a good song. Imagine is a terrible song. Not about terrible, but I'm not a fan. It's a terrible song, Joshua. Okay. Uh, and Paul Paul McCartney once again did the frog chorus. Mm. Um, so people want to explain why there is this difference between the Paul McCartney of the classic Beatles age and what happened afterwards, given that Abbey Road was the last Beatles album. And saying that Paul McCartney is dead is one way to explain this remarkable change. And I think we kind of mentioned this in another episode later on. There are lots of pop artists died and got replaced mm. hypotheses out there. Avril, Avril Lavigne. Yeah. yeah. People claim that she died either after her second or third album, and one of the backup dancers who looked remarkably like her stepped in to take over, which is why her output has been terrible ever since. People want to explain these things not by going, they changed producers, they changed writing partners. No, no, they died. They died and were replaced, and were replaced, by, replaced a by a robot. Yeah. Um, now, episode 14, we also talked about uh, Sid Vicious and Nancy Spungen, which isn't, it's not super conspiratorial more as much as it is um, just mysterious, given that, um, if you don't know, Sid Vicious of the Sex Pistols and his girlfriend Nancy Spungen uh, met a tragic end. Uh, Nancy Spungen, Sid, Sid Vicious, if you're not aware, came to from a heroin bender to find Nancy Spungen uh, dead in the bathtub of their hotel room with a knife in her. Um, he was the only other guy around. The assumption was that when he was out of his nut on heroin, um, he had killed her. 
he claimed to have no idea because he was out of his nut on heroin. Um, some people have claimed that possibly while he was passed out, someone else had come in and killed her to frame him for it, but there doesn't appear to be any evidence for that whatsoever. And then not long after, while he was sort of on, up on charges for that, he died of what was either an accidental overdose, suicide by overdose, or murder where his, it was suggested that his mother had given him an overdose knowing that he wouldn't be able to survive in prison and wanting to put him out of his misery. It's a little bit conspiratorial, but um, mostly it's just heroin's a hell of a drug. I wouldn't know. No, neither would I, fortunately. Um, but talk, you can't talk about Kurt, uh, Kurt and Courtney without talking about Sid and, Vish uh, Sid and Nancy first. And now that we have, we can talk about Kurt and Courtney, which was episode five. Five of this pod. May it, that po was possibly the first time you let me pick the topic. I'm not sure. And given that I, I think the 90s was an awful period yep. of time. And I think you're wrong. And that grunge is one of the worst kinds of music ever created. Again, do not concur. I will once again allow you to take lead on a topic I have no interest in whatsoever. Certainly. Um, so yes, we all know Kurt Cobain died by self-inflicted gunshot wound in 1994, or did he? Um, a lot of people, first of all, some people started saying something was fishy with his supposed suicide right from the start. Then people started blaming it on Courtney Love, mostly because people just didn't like Courtney Love, I think, which, which isn't fair. It's a shame, because I will say... The 90s are awful, but Hole is a brilliant band, and so much better than Nirvana. So, I, quite, so I, I, do quite, I like Nirvana, but I do quite like Hole as well. And indeed, like part of the fact that we, people like wanted to say that Courtney Love was just sort of riding on Kurt Cobain's coattails, she was sort of basking in his fame. A, if that were true, why would she kill the goose that lays the golden eggs? B, it wasn't really true, because Hole was bigger than Nirvana when they first got together, even yeah. though Nirvana eventually... Um, it's a good argument to say that Nirvana plagiarised Hole and not the other way around. It's entirely possible. Um, it's entirely true. So why did people think it might not have been suicide? There were, there were claims, there was this public, uh, Seattle Public Access host by the name of Richard Lee who apparently saw the crime scene and claimed that it didn't look right. This was kind of a, seemed to be a result of a, a lay person who expected things to look like they do in the movies. When you hear that Kurt Cobain shot himself in the head with a shotgun, you assume that most of his head was missing and his brains were all over the wall. Apparently it was not that kind of shotgun. There wasn't an exit wound as far as I can tell. When he was first found, people didn't even notice, know that he was dead until they saw there was yeah, blood trickling out from behind his head. mush rather than anything mm. else. Um, so there was that. Um, there was his suicide note. Uh, where he, he where his um, handwriting noticeably deteriorates, noticeably changes at one point, which is at the point where the note becomes explicitly a suicide note, whereas up until then it had just sort of been um, uh, him, him complaining about his life, sort of. Uh, but then other people have said he was had taken a whole lot of heroin and um, that could just have been the heroin coming on and indeed apparently in later years when his journals were found and discovered you could see you could there, there were two sets of handwriting there was sober kurt and heroin kurt and the two sort of handwritings did kind of match um, some people said that he had too much heroin in his system that that it might, he must have either been overdosed or at least rendered insensible and then killed uh, the reply to which is he was a heroin addict he was really good at taking heroin mm. the amount of heroin you or i 
as, as mere heroin dilettantes would need to take. Just, just the, uh, the just casual... A little, just to take the yeah. edge off a long day, yeah. Uh, no, he would, he would uh, to get a decent high, he would take much more than the... He was, he was more of a heroine than the average bear. He, he, heroin he, he knew he was a bigger boat. Mm. Um, also, by the way, have you seen my mizzen mask? No, d- where is it? Have you seen your mizzen mask? That's what matters. Dar. Mm. Um, so yeah, th- th- there were there were there were lots of questions asked, um, oh, and there was also his previous supposed suicide attempt that happened earlier in Rome, um, which again some people had suggested supposedly had taken a bunch of pills and champagne or something, and some people had seemed to think that that couldn't have happened the way it had been said and thought that maybe Courtney Love had, had slipped him a mickey or something and that this, this time, it didn't work that time, and this time she finished him off for good or something. And So the, the, there were conspiracy theory angles around, but again, a lot, a lot of supposition, a lot of lay people thinking, expecting things to be one way because they've watched too many movies. people not wanting a musical hero of theirs to be dead. Mm, yep. And, and going back to the Beatles, really, a little bit sort of John Lennon and Yoko Ono. People said, you know, why did why, why did John Lennon have to get shot when we didn't like Yoko? Again, why did, why was Kurt the one who had to die when we were all busy hating on Courtney Love? Well, and unfairly. I, I said this back in episode five. My suspicion is that when they talk about aesthetics and art in the 20th century, Yoko Ono is probably going to be more famous than the Beatles when the final histories are written. Because she's a much more interesting conceptual uh, conceptual uh, 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 artist in that way. Whilst bestsellers tend to be forgotten within a hundred years. Yes, I don't know. Certainly, um, Courtney Love is, uh, in terms of music of the nineties, I think the like grunge came in and went and so on. But one of the bigger things was was women in rock music, which doesn't seem to be so much of a thing now. It was I was reading a, a documentary, um, Love Is a Mixtape. Uh, well, not 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 documentary, a, a autobiography, Love is a Mixtape, by a guy who wrote for the Rolling Stone, uh, who talks about his life and his wife, who also wrote for the Rolling Stone and died, but um, there, uh, there's a line in it where they're, they're at some do talking about 90s music, and some guy says to them, you know, come on guys, what, what, does, what does 90s rock have that 70s rock didn't? And the wife immediately replies, tits because that was sort of the thing. This, this, this was the decade when, when woman and rock music became a really big thing, and Courtney Love was, was right dead centre of that. So you could be right, could be I went, the same thing there. I went to a whole tribute night only a few months ago mm-hmm. on K Road. It was brilliant. Oh, good. Yeah, four whole tribute bands. Excellent. Didn't know there were four, four whole tribute bands in New in, Zealand. So in Auckland. Auckland. Mm. In Auckland. Well, fair enough. And each one was slightly better than the last, and they were all good. Yeah. Sorry I missed it. I'm sure I would have enjoyed it. Yes, you would have done. Mm. So, I think we've come to the end. I think we've managed to, to shoot through every single one of the music-related conspiracy theories we had um, discussed in the past, and, and not discussed in the past, as it turned out. And as luck would have it, that's about uh, we're about to run out of time on on this episode, on the the recording of this episode, if we haven't already, for the podcast listeners, there's the 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 memory card that we record on is a FAT32 one and has a file, strict file size limit. And if we record one six segment of video for too long, it hits that file limit and we end up losing the last few minutes of video. The podcast listeners won't know the video. People who watch this on the video will have found all too regularly that we end up missing the last couple of, of minutes. And I put some silly apologetic message up. So it's possible that's already happened. If it hasn't, we might as well finish up now just to be sure. 
But for those of you who are patrons, Ooh. and there are so many of you delicious patrons out there these days, we've got exciting content coming up in the patron bonus episode. We've got warnings over that Area 51 event. More UFOs. We've got an interesting setback for Milo Yiannopoulos. Another one. Can't even go to a ferry convention now without being no. cancelled. An update on friend of the show, Jacob Wall. Not actually a friend. And an update on 9-11 a topic we didn't actually even mention no, on 9-11 we probably year. should have but I mean how many times I frankly, I actually forgot I I didn't forget because it was our friend Nick's birthday whose birthday is September the 11th I mean I always so. associate 9-11 mm. with Nick's birthday but when it came to the preparation of the podcast last week I completely probably should have mentioned probably should have said something I suppose so yes we'll say something in the bonus content which you will hear uh, if you're a patron if you're not a patron good for you that's cool if you want to be a patron though go to patreon.com or conspiracism.podbean.com and sign yourselves up you wacky things. Yep, for even just a dollar a month, you get two episodes a week. Mm. I mean, that's that's, that's twice the value. Mm. Uh, but half anyway, of it, depending on how your metrics work. Mm, could go either way, I suppose. Um, so all that remains, I think, now is to say goodbye from me. And I will say toodly pip, because I found me Miss Marst, and so now I can sail off into the future. Well, it all turned out nicely. I'm glad. Dar. Goodbye. You've been listening to the podcaster's Guide to the Conspiracy, starring Josh Addison and Dr. M.R. Extenter, which is written, researched, recorded, and produced by Josh and M. You can support the podcast by becoming a patron via its Podbean or Patreon campaigns. And if you need to get in contact with either Josh or M, you can email them at podcastconspiracy at gmail.com or check their Twitter accounts, Monkey Fluids and Conspiracism. December was a night. Now, what that sounds like is a recording. I have no idea. No. <laughs> Render the entire podcast unusable due to pirate voice.